0: Hey, everyone. We're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly. Each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after this episode and listen to the Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcast.
1: Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct.
0: I do look at myself as
2: being one of the most
0: dominant fighters in MMA history.
2: He didn't know it was going to be a buffet though. He thought it was going to be a three piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM grand buffet to the face, man everybody. Welcome to another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. We are back with the full crew in the house, Larry Mir, Adam Hill, our MMA writer, and I'm Heidi Fang. We have a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk all about Fight Island and joining the show later on to actually break down a little bit of what you can expect at Fight Island is UFC President Dana White. So you're going to want to make sure to stay tuned through the entire show to hear what the UFC President has to say about their new location here on Yaz Island, the UFC bubble working in full effect, and a lot of the fighters have spoke about that as well. and We're going to get into UFC 251, the top three fights on the card, the title bouts happening at this event, four events in Yaz Island taking place over the course of this month. So we're going to get into UFC 251. And for, just want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by betonline.ag, where they also have some great UFC betting lines. So you want to check that out. And also we have so much to get into with this. You can find the show on reviewjournal.com podcast and also make sure to subscribe wherever you are listening. So, Adam, first of all, uh, we had to start talking here about the return of Jorge Masvidal in the main event. We're expecting to speak with him really soon here as well. So, uh, Jorge Masvidal, Kamara Usman, there's uh, really no love lost between these two. I think he's Ma- Masvidal's been saying he's always been looking at Usman, preparing for Usman. So, despite the fact that Mike Brown. Mazvidal's coach tested positive for coronavirus this week. Um, I, I don't think that Mazvidal would be short sighted on his game plan, even might though Mike Brown is gone. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think you know, he's a guy. Certainly this fight was supposed to happen. So Masvidal was already training for a fight against Kamara Usman, while they were negotiating, potentially you know doing the deal, making the fight happen, and booking it, and then of course the negotiations fell apart. Gilbert Burns got the fight instead, and Masvidal was no longer training for the fight, but he had the game plan down. He had the training down. He was getting ready for him. I know he he had been bringing in some wrestlers and working with Mike Brown on how to uh, formulate an attack uh, against Kamara Usman. So. It's not really a mystery to him. He understands that part of it. It's more the late notice, cutting weight, cutting weight while you're trying to fly uh, halfway across the world, taking all these tests, isolating in a room for 48 hours. Like all of these factors are bigger factors than the than the game plan issue uh, with going up against Kumar Usman and or excuse, in 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 this fight. And Masvidal was training pretty hard, not for his own fight, but he was Dustin Poirier's main uh, partner. And he was training very hard with Poyer. Poye said, like, Masvidal was going at it like he had a fight. So, you know, it's not like Masvidal was just sitting around doing nothing. He had, he had already been training for it. He had already been game planning for him. And he'd been in the gym with Poirier getting ready. Now, that's not the same as training for your own fight. But, you know, the way Poirier told it, he was going pretty hard every day in practice. So, uh, I'm not too concerned about his readiness. He's been around for a long time. We understand all those aspects. It's just kind of the, the mystery of how do you travel across the world, how, even though he's on a private plane, It's still travel. It's still adjusting your body. It's still trying to find a way to cut weight during you know going through all this. There's a lot of those factors there, but I think the actual matchup uh, shouldn't be an issue from a preparation standpoint. It'll be an issue in in theory, in practice when they get in there. Like it's a tough matchup for him, but he at least was preparing for it and thinking about it and getting ready for it.
2: Larry, do you see that? Mike Brown being positive for coronavirus and not being able to corner Masvidal as a hindrance to Masvidal at all?
0: No, he's got so many fights um, in his career. And he, I mean, well, he's been doing it for like 20 years. I think you shake that off after a certain amount of time. I mean, I'm sure he would like his, you know, main trainer there with him, but he's got other guys that have probably just as involved in the camp with, uh, along with Brown that, that'll just do the same job. So I, I think you he's can fine. You
1: can get Mike Perry's girlfriend.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, well, that could be former girlfriend because she might be uh, she might be kicked out after that. Uh, you know, she she took the other side. I think at the end of the video, no, no, you no, heard she
1: left. La- she no no no. The girl in the video <laughs> is not her. <laughs> oh, I thought that her. was her. No no, she's in the very beginning of the video. If you haven't seen it, there is a Mike Perry.
2: Oh, I thought that girl was her too. No no no. Yeah yeah, the one no, that he no, no. says bad. If you, you watch
1: it again, yeah. if you watch it again, now I could be wrong about this too. I've watched it a lot of times though. I feel like she's in the very beginning of the video. And she leaves very quickly. And the other girl might be like a friend of hers or something. But I think uh, Perry's girlfriend, Latoya, I think was wearing black. Okay. And then this girl was wearing I white. Saw,
0: I saw the greatest meme today
1: that said, Mike Perry's girlfriend now is 2-0
0: and in coaching. <laughs> no,
1: of course. I mean, I think it was like every comment on the tweet was was saying that uh, that was a little bit of an easier fight, I guess, than the Mickey golf fight was. I would like to see the guy, the guy that Mike Perry punched fight the guy that Connor punched. <laughs> The yes. They can, fight, they can fight on Flat <laughs> Island. That'd be great. Uh, but in the like we're joking about it. It's not really funny if you did not see how Mike Perry was involved in an incident in a bar in Lubbock, Texas, and uh knocked out a guy that he called, quote, old and fat, and then dropped a bunch of racial th- racial epithets. Uh not a good situation for Mike Perry. Uh but I, and I also don't think that his girlfriend will be cornering. Uh, Jorge Masvidal.
0: do you guys feel that this put perry back because like no this is his brand see i feel like i feel like i, I agree with you a little bit I, I feel like he showed that he was a super marketable fighter this last fight you know with the dancing and people you know people are interested to watch him and then he i feel like he was setting up a fight with diaz you know talking crap about nate and like now i feel like he just kind of screwed up that path that he was on
1: this is this is who he is this is what he does this is, i mean this is so on brand for mike perry that it's not going to affect anything. This is just who he is.
2: Uh, We'll wait and see how the UFC uh, handles this with Perry and all the, uh, like you said, racial epithets that he unleashed. That was uh, quite a flurry of terrible words that I hate using. Uh, So uh, I hope that, He does see some sort of repercussions for this, but chances are if we've learned anything from Connor and what the UFC has done and how they've handled that, there will likely not be any repercussions. But let's uh, get into this co-main event. Another one that I'm sure fans are excited for, Max Holloway looking to try to get his belt back from Alexander Volkanovsky. Max Holloway coming into this as plus 180 underdog right now. And something that I'm trying to figure out with this is whether or not Max is going to come in with a fresh game plan and make the proper adjustments. Because when you look at the way that he approached this fight last time, what really killed him was the leg kicks. He got chopped down by Volkanovski. And and I'm sure that the camp has looked at it and the team has looked at it and they said, okay, we need to adjust here. But then again, I'm sure Volkanovski has some sort of plan as well on how to adjust for Max Holloway. So Adam, how do you break this one down?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think Volkanovski was the better fighter in the last fight. I think it wasn't like some fluke win or anything like that. He did it over five rounds, and and Holloway had some success, but I think Volkanovski just went and sh- went out and showed that he is a legitimate you know champion at 145. He's a guy to be reckoned with for a long time. That all being said, I think we're getting carried away with Volkanovski being a massive favorite in this fight against Holloway. Uh, Holloway still is a guy who was you know he had won 14 in a row at featherweight. Uh, his only loss over the last couple of years had been at lightweight. Uh, he's a guy who uh, has so much talent, and I think we'll be able to adjust. I, I know all the, you know, the laughing and the joking about not actually training and doing it over Zoom and all these other things. I don't necessarily fully believe it. Uh, I think there was at least some actual training that was going on, uh, but in the end, he also might have needed a break from his body anyway. I mean, he's he talked about how he had four title fights in a span of a year. And does he necessarily need to be in there grinding every day and and actually sparring and taking shots? Probably not. Uh, so maybe, maybe doing it that way helped him recover a little bit. I, listen, I think Volkanovski, again, not a fluke. He was the better fighter, and I think he could very well be the better fighter again. But I just think the value on Holloway being one of the greatest featherweights we've ever seen— uh, is in, and also the motivation of having lost that fight and lost the title, uh, I just think there's a lot there to like about a guy that's such a big underdog.
2: Larry, if you're Max Holloway's coach, what adjustments do you tell him he needs to make to win this fight?
0: I mean, he's definitely got to watch out for those leg kicks and maybe just his movement, maybe move a little bit more, try to cut more angles on um, Alex. Um, I, I, I thought Volkanovski did a good job of cutting off his angles, you know, in the, the, the last fight. You could say there were some close moments in the fight, but Volkanovski won the fight hands down. Yeah. You know, so, but um, again, though, too, you cannot... Max Holloway's coming off that loss, and he's probably, you know, mentally got something to prove against Volkanovski, so he's going to come with it. Um, But like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how they do change up that game plan.
2: And I'm curious to hear how the Fight Island logistics are going to play into that, but let's take a quick break, and we'll hear from Dana White, who breaks all of that down with Ed Graney and Adam Hill when we come back from this short break. with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing vegas to you missing the nfl no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code bluewire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution.
3: Yeah, it's been crazy. It's it's been the hardest thing that I've ever done for sure, especially early on. And um you know what a challenging business this is anyway. And now now with all this crazy shit it, it it's like a whole other level. But um I knew from day one that we could do it. I knew we would do it and uh you know, I was willing to fight the fight um to to, to, to make this happen. It, to be honest with you, it all surprised me. <laughs> um the the amount of negativity from the media the the amount of, of media that was uh, media politicians and, 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 and all working together to try to stop us was fascinating. I was really been blown away by that. Two, two things, first of all, we're the best. We're, we're the best that have ever done it and there really isn't anything. I, I always have the mentality, nothing is impossible. Everything can be done. You just have to be willing to work at it. You have to be willing to find solutions and figure it out. And I know my staff. I, I know my staff. The people who work here are, are just as committed and passionate about the sport as I am. The day that all this COVID stuff started and, and, and we really didn't understand a lot of it, I had a big meeting downstairs and I said, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't understand this. I don't know a lot about it and nobody does. If you don't feel safe or you feel uncomfortable, you guys can go home right now and work from home. Nobody went home. Nobody went home. Everybody stayed here. Now, I have guys that I've done business with for a long time in L.A. and other places. They told their staff they could go home. Like, people are asking, like, now? Can we leave, like, right now? And, and, you know, everybody walked out of their company. Nobody did that here. These people are are, are awesome. And uh, first of all, I knew that. I knew that my team is solid, number one. Number two, I, I knew that the fighters would fight and that we, uh, health and safety is something that we worry about every single weekend, not just because of COVID-19. And I know what I'm willing to do. I was willing, we we were looking at building our own lab. We were gonna build a lab here and, you know, we were just bouncing around all these ideas for, for, you know, for testing and and, uh, so I, I, I was all over this thing from day one.
2: Again, that was UFC president Dana White talking about Fight Island. I'm curious to see how logistics pan out because fighters haven't really fared that well under hot conditions in the outdoors. Although it looks as though they have this uh, overhead barrier that's going to kind of protect. No, it's an,
1: it's an arena. They're, they're in an arena. It was all it was all marketing. The, the the cage that's outside is just for fun. It's not. It's they say it's for training, but it's too hot to even train in there. I, I talked to some people that were there yeah. that said the actual surface of the mat is like a 160 degrees <laughs> so nobody's actually even training out there they built an arena and from what i was told the air conditioning is very good okay it's like a v- normal environment like there is nothing island about fight island do
2: you remember <laughs> when they had that fight for the troops card and they were out in like kentucky and i think it was outdoor oh, was there like a hangar. yeah and it was, it was like hanger, all the yeah. fighters were gassing after the first round so yeah. that's what i was hoping that we wouldn't run into yeah. so well, I remember
1: I actually remember on the other side, I think it was one of the first fights at T-Mobile arena. I, I don't think they'd figured out the ice aspect of things yet at T-Mobile and it was freezing. I, I remember talking to some fighters and they're like, no, it's the cold is fine like you're so hot in there like it, the cold is fine so it's not a big deal. Uh, the hot is a factor. Uh, But it does not look like it's going to be a factor this week.
2: All right. Great news. So uh, things I want to talk about before we wrap up here. Just the final title bout at UFC 251 taking place on Fight Island. Pay-per-view card on Saturday starting at 7 p.m. locally. So we have Peter Jan and Jose Aldo. Well, Jose Aldo is like one that people have had a lot of talk about with him getting into a title fight. Considering that he's had a pair of losses uh, that he's come into, but a lot of people thought that he won that Marlon Moraes fight. So, is this title shot one that you would have expected to see after that? I mean, you saw what Dana said after that fight that you know he thought Aldo won it. Was this what you were expecting at all when when this came to fruition?
1: No, but I think we should have probably. We should have probably gathered from what he was saying that that's what he wanted to do. Because it was a fight that, although, whatever, he looked fine. It wasn't like he was a disaster. He made the weight. He looked bad making the weight. But he made it. Went out there and fought. And he looked good. I think it certainly could be argued that he won. But, you know, I don't think it was a robbery or anything like that. And then after the fight, Dana White is talking like we just saw, you know, the debut of, like, the greatest fight, like, George St. Pierre. Like, <laughs> where did this come from? And you, we should have been able to put that together and say, oh, he clearly wanted Aldo to be in the title mix. Uh, I think they wanted to do it against Cejudo, but now, uh, you know, Cejudo is gone for now. Uh, all all those things, like, came into us. So I think we should have been able to kind of put that together. Uh, but in the end, like, they clearly wanted Jose Aldo to be a part of this title mix, and they've got it. And now I think he goes in and pr- he could win, but he probably loses – and and then you know he's zero and two at thirty five and what does he do from there we don't know but at least he's getting another shot that's what he wanted that's what the UFC wanted for him and uh, here we are but you know there's really not a whole lot of star power at one thirty five even though I think there's a ton of talent there's not that big name and Aldo kind of brings that big name to the fight
2: Larry what do you make of this weight cut for Aldo
1: I don't think it's a healthy
0: weight cut for him I don't think he, I personally don't think he looks good at thirty five at all he looks very he looks weak and small and. I mean, I just, I don't think 35 is a good weight for him. I think 45 was perfect for him. I mean, he borderlines where he, it looks like he could almost fight 55s at some moments. Um, so I, I 35, I made the very last amateur fight I ever did. I, I fought at 35. It's not an easy cut to make. Um, I started out at 55. Normal weight class was 45. 35 is not an easy weight to make, and um, I just don't know how he does it every time. It's got to take a toll on him. When you look at Jan, Jan's a natural 35er, I feel. I don't I don't feel he's got those issues cutting weight. Um, he doesn't look unhealthy like I feel Aldo looks when he, when he cuts. So I, I think Jan's going to take this. Jan's got some crazy power.
2: We'll see how this weight cut works, especially with the conditions I remember I talked to Paul Felder on the same day that Jessica I missed weight and a bunch of other fighters missed weight for that card here at UFC Vegas too and Paul Felder said that the conditions are so different the travel is so different and then when you have these little I guess they have weight cutting like pods in each person's room that are like simulating steam rooms but you know it's not exactly the same as what a lot of these people are used to uh, when they have their professional setups that they're able to use, but again, the nothing is normal in this pandemic right now, so we will keep everybody updated as Fight Week continues here with what's going to happen. You can catch up with everything on ReviewJournal.com or CoveringTheCage.com. That'll lead you directly to the UFC and MMA pages, and also catch the podcast on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast, and check out everything that we do with, especially what Adam writes and all the columns that Ed's putting together on Fight Island, all all of that stuff will be up as well on the YouTube page and ReviewJournal.com slash MMA. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You can find Adam Hill on Twitter at Adam Hill L V R J. Larry's at Larry Mir, and I'm at Heidi Fang. So for both of the guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week.
4: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi
3: takes everybody on